Welcome back to the Plant-Based DFW Podcast. And today we will be speaking with Chef Julia from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Chef Julia has been cooking since she was 12 years old. Her love for food was fueled by both of her parents who introduced her to Japanese cuisine as well as Southern cooking. In 2008, Chef Julia took her passion to another level by enrolling into the Culinary School of Fort Worth. In this episode, she shares with us her personal journey towards eating more plant-based foods and about her military background. Today, she's an official Fort Worth Blue Zones Project chef. She's committed to helping people move towards a Blue Zones way of eating a little at a time. If you are not already following Chef Julia, you should because every single day she goes live on Facebook to demo plant-based meals. And this is her way of offering support during this pandemic. This conversation took place early in the pandemic. Today, Chef Julia has an additional ebook that she pretty much put together as a result of cooking uh, during this time. It's titled 50 Recipes in 50 Days of Daily Facebook Live Videos. Okay, let's meet Chef Julia. Welcome, Chef Julia. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. You have, like I said, an interesting background. You are Japanese-American. You've traveled, you um, lived in various areas, and you were kind of inspired by both of your parents to enjoy uh, cooking. Is that right? That's right, yes. Tell us more about that. Well, my mother, who was uh, Japanese, she was very much of a wonderful cook. She always made things for us growing up, and um, she liked to cook. She cooked all kinds of cuisines whenever she met anyone in a foreign country. When we lived in Germany, she learned how to cook sauerkraut and pork. And then uh, when we lived in California, she had friends who were Mexican and they taught her how to make their tacos. So she always had all these unique dishes, but she also made her Japanese food from when she was growing up. And so she would make American food for my father and us, the kids, but then she would be sitting there eating rice and miso soup and grilled vegetables and fish. And her food to me when I was a child looked very strange, so I wasn't very interested in it. But of course now, I love her kind of food. Father was uh, responsible for food services for large uh, army posts. So for example, he was the food service director for all of Fort Ord, California for several years. So your father was the one that had the military background, and then you sort of followed in that, in his uh, footsteps in a sense. I did. And I started out as one of the first military police women in the Air Force in the 70s for four years, and then went back in as an officer after going to college. And my next Uh career was a clinical social worker, 33-year career. I was a mental health therapist, clinical social worker. And I did that until I retired in 2015 and ended up as a clinical administrator, or I was the um, social work administrator for the Federal Bureau of Prisons for many, many years for the local federal prison for women, Carswell in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, the cooking that I did was my hobby. I didn't, I didn't do anything other than once I went to culinary school, I started doing some events and uh, classes and parties and different things like that. Yeah, it, you know, I, I was used to my routine, going to work every day, you know, going to work at 7, 7.30, coming home at 5 o'clock. Uh, I worked in a very, for 21 years, I worked in a federal prison for women, and everything was under lock and key. You know, everything was very, you know, uh, according to a time schedule. So it was, it's pretty nice to be working from home and have a lot more flexibility in how I do things and 
a much more relaxed environment for doing the kind of work I love to do. Since I already had gone to culinary school and I already had my business in place and I was already doing a lot of things in the community, such as the Blue Zones Project, um, you know, it was kind of nice because I already had a whole other career lined up for me when I retired. So I didn't have to go through this you know, period where I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. That's great. And you know, speaking of working from home, um, we had originally scheduled our interview so that I could actually visit you in Fort Worth and see your kitchen. So now we're having this um, interview by Zoom. So please tell us about how you became plant-based, how you began to incorporate that into your diet. I didn't start out being plant-based. I went to a classic French style culinary school where we learned how to make all the regular foods. And initially that's what I was going to do. I was going to teach um, you know, people had to make everything. And my first classes in, um, you know, the early years, 2012, 13 through about 2017 were regular classes. For example, I would teach how to make comfort food, um, you know, bacon wrap, cheese stuffed meatloaf and key lime pie and how to make <laughs> Thanksgiving turkey and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And then um, as I was getting a little bit older in 2017, my doctor said, oh, your cholesterol's high, your blood pressure's not good, you need to go on this medicine, um, you know, you have a family history of a lot of health issues, like my parents had cancer, high blood pressure, heart disease, kidney failure, my brother died when he was 59, I had a terrible, terrible family history, so it kind of scared me, and I had already read about the Blue Zones and the Okinawa Project, so I really knew a lot about it, but I never really put it into practice seriously. So in 2017, August 2017, I started eating plant-based, 95% as suggested by the Blue Zones, and that worked out pretty well, so I decided to stay with it, and in 2018, I decided to make all my classes 100% plant-based. I told all my clients, from now on, all my classes would be plant-based, and um, for 2018, hardly anyone came. It was like... I canceled more than half of my classes that year because the people that had been coming were more interested in the, you know, the heartier, more, you know, standard American diet. So they didn't really want to come and eat vegetables. So in 2019, things started to pick up a lot because, you know, the, they're just seeing more interest in it from what the health, forks over knives, you know, more people following the plant-based movement. And then um, I had kind of built a following on the Facebook group Forks Over Knives, which has now it has 330,000 followers. And uh, a lot of those people were interested in what I do, and they started sharing my things with other people. So in 2019, every single class sold out, except for one. I had one in July that was, I think it was just a bad time. And I only, I didn't feel it, so I didn't hold it. But every other class that year, 2019, was very, very busy. Uh, same thing with 2020. My year started off with a big boom. In January, I taught all sorts of classes, more than normal. Normally, I would teach two classes a month. And then I would do some private uh, classes for people sometimes and other things. But in uh, January, I was so busy with people wanting to start out plant-based for 2020. And then in February, I had nine cooking events, which is way more than normal. I had classes seem like one or two a week. And I had people come see me from Louisiana, Michigan, California, 
all over Texas. People were driving to see me from, you know, from around the state. And even a woman came all the way from Maryland to see me and mm -hmm. to do an in-person class. So it was really getting, getting kind of crazy around here. So then in March, I had a class, one class scheduled along with several private ones. We went on a family vacation to Disneyland for spring break, taking our grandchildren, which was probably not a good idea. But at the time, we were like most people, oh, it's not going to affect us. As soon as we got back from that trip on March the 14th, you know, all hell broke loose, so to speak. And, you know, I had to cancel my next class, which was called meal prep. And it was a class that was fully booked. It had 13 people signed up where I was going to teach them how to take all their food, go shopping, buy their food, mostly fresh fruits and vegetables, grains, beans, legumes, whatever. And then how to prepare that food for a week. So when they're on the go all the time, they would easily, you know, grab their jars or whatever system they wanted to use and make their food. Well, that, you know, of course, that got canceled. And I had a private client who was supposed to come this week from Oklahoma for a private class that got canceled. So um, what I decided to do uh, on March the 17th, I decided that since I, I can't leave my house to go do anything, I'm 65. I'll be 66 this year. So I can't leave wow. my house and go volunteer. So I thought, well, I can volunteer from home by teaching plant-based cooking classes on Facebook Live every single day. So every single day since March the 17th, I have done three Facebook Live cooking classes, usually every day at 3 o'clock. And they last for about 30 minutes. And I'll do them right here in my classroom. I'll cook. What I wanted to do was cook with people. So I'll tell them, you know, I'm going to make, today I'm making jackfruit, barbecue jackfruit sliders. And, you know, they can watch me make them. They can, I'll send, at, as soon as it's over, I post the recipe, the complete recipe on that Facebook Live thread. And then they can go and make it for themselves. What has happened with that is I've had people from all over the country, maybe outside the country, come on when I'm doing my live video and I see their comments. I have the camera position, the, my iPhone position where I can read the comments during the class and I can talk to the people and say, you know, here's the answer to your question or thank you for attending and I really appreciate it. And they'll give me nice comments and they'll say, oh, I'm so isolated. I feel so alone. It's so nice to feel like I'm with a real person. And so it's been kind of like, I guess, my social worker past kicking in. Like, I want to help people. I want to do something to help people. So doing my daily Facebook Live cooking demos has been kind of my way to reach out since I can't leave and help people. And then if I can, at least, you know, one day when things start to settle down a little bit, I've been practicing on Zoom with family members and different people to see if Zoom would be a way for me to do cooking classes with other people. Yeah. And I think it would work fine, although what's missing is the element of tasting the food. You know, right. it, like, yeah, they can buy the food and they can cook it with me so they can taste it that way, but it's their food and not mine. So I'm working out a way that I can do that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would benefit from a private class on plant-based basics, which is one of my favorite classes that people always enjoy where I walk them through how to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a week and how to simply prepare, you know, those kinds of foods, what to buy at the store, how to make everything, you know, how to do it easily for themselves or for their family. 
And I think that Zoom would be a good vehicle for working one-on-one -on -one with someone to say, okay, here's what we can do to set up your household. Here are some recipes. I'll demo them for you and, you know, just really help them get started. And, and also I can do group classes on Zoom as well. I can have, you know, a whole gallery of people checked in. They're watching me. Uh, I'm make, doing a cooking demonstration. They can either make what I'm making or make it later. So, you know, there's a way I can continue doing what I'm doing virtually. And I'm going to have to do that because the world has changed. We're not going to go back to the way it was before. If we think that, I think it's kind of naive. I just don't think it's going to happen. But what you just said about your Facebook lives, that's absolutely fascinating because I didn't know you were doing them. And so I was wondering how right now you're doing this as a charitable thing and you do have a history of volunteering and giving back to the community. So now, uh, so I was wondering how you were compensating for the lack of business that you've had. So you've been volunteering and every day you're teaching people uh, a recipe and then you'll transition over to um, maybe group classes or individual classes via Zoom. We all just have to kind of, you know, figure out how to use technology and, and you know, embrace yeah. it. So how do you advertise for your Facebook Lives? Um, Forks Over Knives has been a group that um, you really, um, you shared a lot on there so people have taken interest. How else do you let people know about your lives? I do have about, I think now I have 3,700 followers on my Facebook page. It's called Chef Julia okay. and it's my business page. And so those followers find out about me because every day I'll post it today at three, here's what we're going to do. Okay. And, you know, they'll sometimes share that with people and then sometimes they'll share it after it's over. They'll share the live video because it's recorded. And so all my videos are recorded and they're on my Facebook page now. You know, I feel like now I might be more likely to start telling people what's coming up. Like, for example, Saturday, I'm making some delicious multigrain waffles. Oh. And I've made, I've, you know, taught classes on how to make these multigrain waffles. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to take things so seriously and, you know, um, which I have a tendency to do. So have you received any feedback with people asking what are some foods that you recommend so that I can stay healthy? <clears throat> I've seen a lot of people embracing their old comfort food. Oh. And I'm seeing a lot of local businesses selling and promoting family packages of $40 casseroles to feed the family. And they're all kind of like, you know, hearty, fried, greasy, cheesy foods. And I'm seeing people that are afraid to buy fruits and vegetables because they've been told it's unsafe to eat fresh things. So they're buying um, packaged foods, thinking that's safer. And so in, in one part, I'm seeing a lot of people embracing not so healthy food because they're afraid. They're kind of going through this fear of, oh, I've got to have lots of stuff here and packaged food might hold better. Fresh food, some places have told me, some of the people looking at my videos have said they can't find any fresh vegetables or anything. When I was using a jalapeno to make a dish, they said, we haven't been able to find any peppers anywhere, or we can't find any fresh produce anywhere. And like in the Northeast, people in the Northeast part of the country cannot find things. Yeah. So I think there's um, a struggle with people wanting to com comfort themselves with food and also people hearing that, yes, your immune system can be improved if you eat plenty of fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, eat plenty of 
dark green leafy vegetables, have plenty of red bell peppers, um, you know, have ginger and spinach and almonds and lots of fresh citrus fruit. Those are all immune boosting foods. And I think a lot of educated people know that and they want to do that. And, and maybe there are a lot of people that are interested in that. I think as things settle down a bit and people start reading more about what they can do to maintain a healthy immune system, since this is probably not going to just completely go away, our new life style is going to have to be. We have to build a really great immune system, quit smoking, quit drinking excessive alcohol, um, get plenty of sleep. Do something relaxing like yoga, meditation, walking, you know, get yourself healthy as possible. Lose weight, do whatever it takes to be healthy because then your immune system will be better and you'll be better able to fight viruses like this. So um, right now, I think people are kind of still in shock about this is real and they're comforting themselves with plenty of, you know, toast and butter. <laughs> But maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll start seeing a surge and people saying, oh, now I need to really get serious. Now I can go back out and go shopping. I'm going to really, you know, start eating healthier. And then, you know, maybe they'll seek me out then, I hope. Um, will you ever have a class like that on how to cook with your quarantine foods? Well, um, the plant-based basics thing uses a lot of that kind of food. But on the 23rd of March, my... Um, my Facebook Live was called All About Beans, and I did a demo on how to cook beans from dried beans. And so I went through how to cook the beans from, you know, dried beans cooked in the Instant Pot or slow cooker or on the stovetop. And I think a lot of people that watched that were really happy to hear how, you know, Grandma used to cook beans on the stove, and they tasted awesome. They taste so much better. When you cook dried beans, you soak them all day, you, you know, stir up some celery, carrots, and onions, and garlic, throw them in a pot with the beans and some water, and just let them sit there and simmer for one, two, three hours, depending on the bean. And what happens is you get this delicious stock, like a, a rich broth, bean broth. So it's not just the beans out of a can that you have to rinse have no taste at all. The beans out of the instant pot usually are kind of watery. They don't have a lot of taste. But the beans simmered on the stove all afternoon just by themselves are like a big treat. They're so delicious. So I did a, a demo on that, and I have a lot more types of things like that, like my demo today on jackfruit barbecue. Well, jackfruit's from a can, and the barbecue sauce is from a bottle. And, you know, it's something that you might already have in your pantry that you bought thinking, oh, this is a good plant-based option, but didn't really know what to do with it. So, yeah, I think doing, you know, quarantine cooking, I probably wouldn't call it that, but right. theme, you know, how to cook with the stuff that you got. Because I even said that in my video. I said, okay, everybody, I know you've been buying up all the beans because they're gone. And you've been buying up all the rice because it's gone. So you need to know how to make good tasting beans and rice. But I, I believe a lot of people are not using their foods because, you know, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to save them because they probably don't really know what to do with them. I think that's the key. And I saw someone uh, post a comment on social media saying, well, who bought all these foods? The people that actually don't believe that you can survive on beans and, and rice and things like that. Um, probably the meat eaters, or I shouldn't say it that way, but people that typically do not consume these foods know that these foods have a long shelf life. But also, they're probably the best foods for us right now.
exactly. They should be buying them anyway. <laughs> so the canned jackfruit, um, is that, do you find that available almost anywhere? Because I never have purchased it like that. I usually buy it fresh. The canned jackfruit, I see it at grocery stores. It's usually near the Asian section. Organic young jackfruit. Okay. And it's green. And it, that's what's recommended for this kind of savory preparation is the canned green jackfruit. The fresh jackfruit, I don't think, I think you can use it, but I don't think it, it turns out quite as good. Yeah, some of the basics that you teach, I really, really appreciate. Yesterday I made tempeh, which is a fermented, to fermented soybeans. And one of the keys in tempeh turning out well is I steam it for 15 minutes in the beginning before I do anything with it. And that kind of removes some of the, there's kind of a strong taste to tempeh that a lot of people don't like. And the steaming of it seems to mellow it out and make it, you know, hold the rest of the marinade better and it just tastes better. So I showed them my old fashioned steam pot with a little insert, told them how to use it because I don't take anything for granted. If I just said, hey, steam this thing, they would be like, oh, what does that mean? So I show them, here's a steam pot. Here's how it works. You put water in the bottom, you set this insert in the top, you put the food in it, bring it to a boil, cover it and let it steam because people don't automatically know that. So yes, I don't, in all my plant-based basics or any of the videos I do, I have the equipment with me. I show people, here's the tool I used. Here's a mandolin. Here's a cut resistant glove. Wear the cut resistant glove when you use the mandolin so you don't slice the tips of your fingers off. You know, and I try to really be, um, you know, educational in my approach as well as Here's a delicious gourmet dish that you might love. That's just one aspect. If you don't know how to do the basic, here's how to saute, which is one of the things I always go over every time at great length is how to saute without oil. Because okay. that's something that I hear all the time people have trouble with. So I always show them with my pan how to take their onions and their carrots and their celery and their garlic and cook them in such a way that they mellow and taste delicious without using any oil at all. And I'll, I will always do that because I can never take for granted that people know how to cook without oil. I agree. Speaking of that, you have four cooking books, uh, four books that are on plant-based meals. These were all done last year. They're e-books. They're, um, they're, they're not very long. They have anywhere from a dozen to maybe 20 recipes. And um, they're available on my website, which is chef-julia.com. And if you click on the link, it takes you to a site where you pay on that side and then it, you download the link and then you have that ebook. I would love to do a cookbook. It's one of the things I can do now that I have more time at home. Maybe I'll actually, you know, sit down and start putting all these recipes in, a, in an actual book form. Um, <clears throat> I'm working on my garden. I know that uh, your husband has the big, uh, he has the hydro, what is it called? Hydroponic? Yes, hydroponics. <laughs> Well, in my house, I have a huge, I live on five acres, oh. so I have a huge outdoor space with uh, raised gardens and garden beds, and I've got to get everything planted this weekend. So my big project now is planting my huge garden. I'm so fascinated by the idea of gardens. I wish I had that sort of space. Do you uh, film or do any lives out of your garden? I do plan to, um, to do that. I'll probably have to do a video and then post it because the... The Wi-Fi doesn't work as well outside, 
so I don't think I can do a live out there, but I have a really big herb garden and it survived all winter. So all winter long, I even had parsley that kept growing all winter because we had such a wild winter. I have yeah. thyme. Uh, I have a bunch of sage, parsley. The mint is still there. Uh, I just had all these, these herbs. Anytime you make a, any kind of soup or savory dish, you know, I'll just go out and pick a handful of, depending on what I'm making, I'll just go out and pick whatever it is, the rosemary, the thyme, oregano. I have oregano survived the winter, but um, herb gardens are not hard to grow. People that don't think they can do a whole vegetable garden could even take some, you know, planters or something and grow herbs. They just have to be sure to water them because in Texas it gets really hot and people will tell me, oh, I tried to have a garden, but it died in July. It's like, well, yeah, if you don't water it every day, it's not <laughs> I hear you. Can we um, talk about the blue zones and what it means to be a blue zones uh, chef? What I do is I talk about it when I do my own cooking classes. So I've read all the books. I have, you know, Dan's latest cookbook made every kind of recipe you can think of. I can tell you all the blue zones, what they ate in every single one of them, uh -huh. you know, and how, how their lifestyle changes and everything because I talked about that for so long. My health has improved. I'm in the best shape of my life. I can walk five miles. I work out on, with weights twice a week with a trainer. I don't have any health problems. And like I said, I'll be 66 this year. So, you know, the plant-based diet is good for the skin. It's good for everything. It's an anti-aging diet for sure. Yeah. Part of what you're doing now with your free uh, live classes is part of what you do in general. You like to give back to the community. And I saw you had a list of um, things that you participate in. Do you want to bring any of those up? The more current ones that I do every year now in our city of Azel, we have, um, it's a, a tour of homes, so to speak. It's a taste tour, we call it, where we get chefs at different homes and people buy tickets and then they go sample something the chef has made. So I'm on the committee for that. And I'm usually, I'm always one of the chefs who makes some food and then people go from house to house and, you know, we're able to get quite a bit of money for that. So whatever comes up, my friends, they, they call me and they always ask me to donate dinners or whatever. And I try to help them out. Oh, that sounds like it's a lot of fun. Earlier we said um, that maybe People are not as interested right now in plant-based foods. And, and two, you have to think about the people that are, um, you know, in a situation where they have health concerns and they don't want to go out in public or the people in my age group that have been told, stay at home, stay at home, don't go out. And that are, they're afraid to go to the grocery store because you're going to be out in the public and touching things and whatnot. So yeah. then I think there's this idea that the more I stay at home, the better off I am. So I better not have too much fresh food because I'm not going to be able to go out as often and replenish it. And that's where growing your own stuff is handy because then you could just walk outside and you don't have to go to the grocery store so often. For people who might be interested in incorporating more plant-based foods, what do you recommend as a starting point? And then if they want to take cooking classes from you, what do they do? Well, I think a starting point for most people is to start thinking about just eating more vegetables with their regular meals instead of um, making the meat the center of the meal, you know, the star of the meal. Think about the meat as more of a side dish. You know, I'll have a little chicken, but I'll have the main dish be something like stir fried vegetables and brown rice 
and have a lot of that and maybe, you know, start decreasing the amount of animal products over time because that seems to be a lot more doable for most people. But if they're ready to give up, you know, various kinds of meats, then again, I think things like stir fried vegetables taste really good. Noodle dishes, pasta dishes, uh, beans are pretty popular with people. They, they, you know, enjoy eating beans. Have a lot of people that really love my Asian recipes because I've figured out ways to make tofu taste really good. Like, you know, sesame ginger tofu with whole wheat noodles and, you know, sesame dressing with little almonds and little chopped up vegetables on it. It's just so delicious. And it has, you know, protein and vegetables and the chewy noodles and, you know, things like that are very delicious to people. So I would say to start with the things you already like, eat more of them and learn to put, you know, edamame soybeans and regular beans in the dishes instead of the meat you might have put in there. So that, that would be a good way to start. My classes are all listed online. Um, no virtual classes yet, but that's a good way to find out the kinds of classes that I had scheduled for the year, and it's chef-julia.com. Okay. Or um, my chef Facebook page is Chef Julia. You know, I'm happy to talk to whoever wants to talk to me about what, what their needs are, whether it's just a a one-time coaching session to talk about how they can get started or a virtual class or whatever it is. You know, I'm open to um, just about anything. You probably agree with, would agree with this as well, that I find that cooking is pretty relaxing. Once you master something, then you just enjoy that. Then you, it's like you get better at it. The more you get better at doing something, the more relaxed you are. Sure. I find it to be a lot of fun. And I think yeah. more people would if they, didn't have to think so hard on how to do it. Well, one of the mistakes that I made early on when I became plant-based is that I collected a bunch of recipes, folder after folder of all sorts of recipes. And one of the things that Ruby teaches you is not to rely on recipes, but to understand food. Exactly. That's a good point. And that yeah. was my plant-based basics class was an effort to teach people a dozen recipes that they could memorize that was more about preparation every day without having to rely on recipes of just how to eat, not what to eat, but how to eat and what to eat also, but not how to make a certain thing, but just, you know, how to incorporate food into your life in a very simple way that you could take these dozen recipes and use them over and over and over, just like standard American diet recipes. Most of us don't have to think about getting a cookbook to make our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We just eat what we're used to eating. Well, I wanted to make plant-based eating the same way that you learn it, learn it, learn it to the point where, okay, I know what I'm going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day without getting out recipes. So yeah. that's what I do. And that's what I want people to learn. Well, Chef Julia, you are so, so resourceful. Your next live is in an hour or so. Is that right? It's at three o'clock. I've got my setup here where I do it right here is my Look stove. Oh. And I have my window that looks out to the toward the herb garden ah, and right here I have my light and then I just you know do my cooking demo and it's kind of fun is that where you normally would be teaching uh -huh, this is the classroom there's a, a table where people sit to have their food oh you probably can't see that yes I can see there's it a now, table yeah. back here oh. and then people sit around this countertop oh. so you can you can see behind me is the counter Right. And so once I resume my regular classes, I'm going to incorporate 
food safety because, you know, I'm a trained chef and I learned a lot about that. I have a food handler certificate that I renew every year. So, you know, once this all starts to settle down, if my classes resume, I do plan to incorporate a lot of new measures so that people feel safe when they come here for a class. They can sit not too close together, probably use, you know, we'll just do things differently so they don't feel that there's any difficulty in, you know, attending a class in person, that they'll, they'll be confident that it's safe for them. Well, Chef Julia, stay safe. Um, thank you for doing this, uh, these free lives. Um, and then I look forward to your virtual classes as well. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you and I'm sure one day I'll get to meet you in an actual person. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.